Good morning. How's everyone today? Good. <laughs> hey, just to start off our message today, I uh, just wanted to remind you we are in the book of Romans. So if you want to grab your Bible in front of you or the, your Bible with you, you can turn to chapter 8. We're actually in chapter 8 for a few weeks here, and we're in a series on life in the Spirit. And so we want to encourage you guys to continue to read this chapter of the Bible, Romans, and especially Romans 8, because there's a lot of good stuff there, even we won't have a time to talk about today. But as I was, um, 1609, thank you. <laughs> so as I was looking at the message for this week, I was reminded of the cell phone. And I don't know how many of you have a cell phone, probably most of us today, but um, back in the day, we had a thing called the landline. Some of us still have that. Some of us still have a landline in our house. And when I, we, when I was growing up, we just had one phone, literally one phone in our house. And so if you're on the phone, no one else could be on the phone, right? And in fact, my dad, he was a, he's a physical therapist, and a lot of his patients would call him in the evening. And so if I was on the phone, most of the time for more than five minutes, my dad would be like, get off the phone. So anybody have any experiences like that where, you know, you only had a short time on the phone? And so I look at the cell phone today as it's, it's an amazing device that we have, but it's also really expensive because I don't know if you know back in the day, um, if you looked at your bill, it was not very pricey and all you really had to pay for was long distance. And I remember learning about long distance when I went to college because they gave us this little pin number that if you ever called off campus, you had to dial the pin number into the phone on the wall. And so at the end of the month, you'd get a bill. Well, it's funny because uh, we started had a football team as part of our school, and someone on the football team got one of those pin numbers and gave it to a bunch of members on the football team. So there was a scandal because there was a huge bill because everybody used this one pin number, you know. So that's how I remember, you know, how crazy things have changed, right, over the years. And now we have cell phones, and most of us are a part of a family plan, right? Raise your hand if you're on a, on a family plan, right? And so it's interesting because not only are you part of a family plan, but most of us have unlimited minutes, unlimited texting, we don't even have to worry about calling long distance or anything like that, right? And it's also interesting, I was really thinking about these family plans is everyone benefits from it, but only one person usually pays the bill, right? I, I still understand that. You know, that's kind of how it is with God, right? We all benefit from having a relationship with him, but he's the one that paid the price by sending his son to die for us. And so today we're going to look at some of the benefits that God gives us by following his son Jesus. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word today. And Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, uh, like everyone here probably does for what you've done for us, Jesus, dying on the cross and giving us a chance to have a relationship with Father God. And Lord, today I just pray as we learn more about that relationship, God, that you would speak to us, that your Holy Spirit would help us, and God, that you would change us today, that we would be more like your son, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. So looking at Romans chapter 8, verse 12, it says here, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh 
to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So one of the first things we find here, a benefit or something that we receive from God when we become part of his family is that we're all brothers and sisters. Isn't that amazing? Look to someone on your left and say, what's up, bro? Or what's up, sis, right? You know, we're all, we're all family. And we might come from different families, but the awesome thing about coming to church and being a part of God's kingdom is that there's a bigger thing that we're a part of, right? We are a part of a huge movement. In fact, isn't it amazing that today that millions of people all over the world are worshiping God right now at this time in this place? Isn't that awesome to think about that we're not the only ones and that God has chosen us to be his part of his family? It goes on to say in verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you if you're by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So just like last week, we kind of looked at this idea of if you live according to the spirit, you're going to have life. You're going you're to live. But if you live according to your flesh, you're going to eventually die. You're going to be, you're, 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 those sinful things are going to cause you to be separated from God and separated from him from all eternity. And so we want to live according to the spirit. Amen. We want to follow God with our lives. And I love it here that it says as we live According to the Spirit, we're led by the Spirit. And as we're led by the Spirit, we put to death those things that we used to do. Now, I don't know if we want to talk about that this morning, but all of us used to do something, right, that we've put to death that we don't do anymore. Because we follow Jesus, we're not going to do that anymore, right? You know, I'm reminded of a time uh, when I was younger, and I really liked heavy metal music. Anybody here like heavy metal music? <laughs> yeah. And so back in the day, I liked this band. I wasn't going to name them, but I'm just going to name them anyway. I liked this band called Motley Crue. They were one of my favorite bands. And one of their most popular albums was Shout at the Devil. Okay? Sounds like a real good Christian band, right? No, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, but for some reason, I just liked that, that album. But my dad one day found, actually he found the cassette that I had, and he's like, I don't want you to listen to this. I don't think this is good for you. In fact, I don't want you to listen to it so much. I'll pay you to take that cassette. Whatever you paid for it, I'll take it. I'll pay you, and then you can, we'll be good. You'll be done with it. And I was like, okay, okay, dad. I really like that, but okay, I, I agree with you. Guess what I did? I went and bought another one, Okay. Because I don't know what it was, but I was attracted to things that weren't probably the best for me. In fact, there was a time not too long ago that I found one of those CDs again, Shout at the Devil, and I was playing it in my car. And as I was playing it, I was listening to it. I was like, this doesn't bring me closer to God. In fact, I don't really like what they're saying. And I took that CD and I threw it out of my car, (laughs) you know, because I got to the point. This is what happens. You get to the point where this doesn't help me get closer to God. I don't want it to be a part of my life. It might not be terrible, but I just want to put God first. And that's where I am I'm at, you know. And I still wrestle with this stuff sometimes, but that's how the Spirit leads you. It leads you to put to death things 
that might not be the best. Now, I don't have to have my dad anymore saying, you can't do this, because the Spirit is helping me become more like Christ. This is how the Spirit leads us. He leads us to repentance. That word is important. That means turning from our sin and not going back to it. He leads us to think little of self and much about Jesus. He does. At some point, you're going to think more about Jesus than you do about what you want. He leads us into truth. Now, that's important because today it's hard to find what's truth and what's lies. He leads us in love, into love. You know, it's important to know when we follow God that he's going to help us love other people. He leads us into holiness. Holiness is being more like God. He leads us into usefulness. God's going to use us to do amazing things. You know, recently I went to the movies, this movie called The Transformers. Anybody know what The Transformers is? And whenever I think of this verse, I think of The Transformers. And it's cool how you have this awesome car, this awesome car, and all of a sudden it becomes a robot, right? It's one thing and then it becomes something else. Well, that's kind of like us following God. And Romans 12, 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You'll know what God wants. He'll transform you. In 2 Corinthians 5:17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The new creation has come. The, whole, the old has gone. The new is here. The New Living Translation says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. You know, I'm so glad that I have this new life. And as we follow the Holy Spirit, he makes our life more like Jesus, more like God. So that's one of the first benefits. We're part of a new family But as time goes on, we sin less and we want the things of the flesh less. Verse 15 now says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Again, we notice it says that if we're living by the spirit, we become part of God's family through adoption. You know, I don't know if you guys know people that have adopted or, or know much about adoption, but one of the awesome things about adoption is those kids are chosen by their parents, right? I've adopted three kids. They're, they're, they're amazing kids, and we chose them, and we love them. And I tell them all the time, we love you guys so much that we chose you to be a part of our family. Wasn't well, it awesome to know that God chooses you? God chose you to be here today. God chose you to to worship him today. God chose you to be a part of his amazing family, and he eventually is going to choose you to do awesome things. And so some of us might be like, I don't know, I like life the way it is. I'm not ready to step out and do something else. But God might be choosing you to do something for him. You know, it's kind of like the Israelites that we learned about last week. Remember we talked about they spied out the land. Twelve of them went in. Ten of them came back and gave this bad report and said, there's giants. There's no way we can take it. But they said the land is good. God's giving us this land. We're we're leaving Egypt. We're going to the promised land. It's a good land, but there's no way we can overthrow these giants. 
You know, I love the end of the verse here in verse 15. It says, and by him we cry out, Abba, Father. I don't know if you've ever got to the point where you said, I need some help. In this life, you go through life and you're like, I really could use some help. It's so encouraging to know that who can be our help? The Holy Spirit is the helper. He's the comforter. He wants to help you. But see, they didn't turn to God, these Israelites. And so they said, we're not going to go into the land. There's giants. All they had to do was say, wow, we have this amazing God who could help us overthrow these giants. But they tried to do it on their own. They thought they had to do it on their own. How many of you have ever been there before? i got to figure this out all by myself. I want to encourage you today that you have God who cares about every situation you're going through, and he wants to help you. Even today, he wants to help you. You see, what happened is they decided to do their own thing and go their own way, and so what happened? They wandered around the wilderness for 40 years. For 40 years, they wandered around. For 40 years, they were frustrated. For 40 years, they didn't get to go into the promised land, and God even told them, because you didn't go in, you didn't believe me, you'll never get to go in. Just think of that, if you, could, if you live a life where you would never reach your dreams, you would never fulfill the calling that God has on your life, wouldn't that be frustrating? God doesn't want us to be frustrated. He wants us to call out to him each and every day for help, and he wants to help us. Finally, the Spirit leads us on here. It says in verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Again, we're reminded that we're part of an amazing big family. 17 says, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we also share in his glory. Now, as I was looking at these last few verses here, this is the part I really had to stop this week and say, really? It says, now if we are God's children, then we are his heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Wow, that's an amazing statement right there. That God, how God sees us as his children, that we're kind of similar to Jesus, right? Jesus was his one and only son, but now because we are in Jesus, we're his heir too. We're an heir to the throne too. Isn't that hard to understand? Little old me could receive all the blessings that Jesus has? Can you guys fathom it? So just, let's just put it in earthly terms. What if you were the heir to Steve Jobs, you know, and Steve Jobs passed away? But just think about that. Do you guys know who Steve Jobs is? He, he, yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> he created Apple, you know. So if you were the heir to Steve Jobs, you would have a lot of money, right? Do you think that would be cool? No? <laughs> I don't know who you're, you would want to be the heir to. Maybe it's Michael Jordan. You'd say, I could have a lot of gym shoes if I was heir to Michael Jordan, you know. Whatever it might be, you know, how much, how, how, wouldn't you say following Jesus is a lot better than following Michael Jordan, you know. Following Jesus is a lot better than Steve Jobs because now we're looking to an eternal glory. He's not just talking about an earthly glory. He's talking about an eternal glory. But it also says we're not going to just share in an eternity of awesome things. We're going to share in sufferings too. How many have ever suffered in life, been through some hard times? 
Isn't it awesome to know that our Father sent his son Jesus to suffer for us? And that means that he understands the suffering we go through. He understands the hard things we go through. But also, how many know that that we're going to go through some suffering? And if we do, we're going to be more like Jesus because he suffered on this cross. You know, he went to die for us. You know, uh, how many know that around the world it's not so easy to worship like we have it today? And you might think, it's not that easy today either. I had to wake up. I had to get some coffee. You know, it's a struggle to get to church. You know, I've been studying recently. In fact, one of my favorite books is called Safely Home. It's written by Randy Alcorn, and it's a book about the underground church in China. And so in China, for years and years, in many ways, it's illegal to gather as a Christian. So they have to gather in underground places. They can't go to a building like we get to go to and worship freely like we get to worship. They, they can't do that. In fact, if they do, or if they're caught with a Bible, many times they could be put in prison. And people have been put in prison. People have been put to death for believing in Jesus. They really suffer over there for following Christ. You know, recently I saw, I heard a pastor who went over and did a, a little bit of a training with a church in, in China. And he said, you know, when, when they have church over there, it's not just like this 45-minute to an hour thing we do. In fact, they go from 8 in the morning till 5 at night. And many times as I was there, he said, I had, this, I had people, I had a few Bibles that they had in the service, and they passed the Bible to the next person, and, and, and he was like, why are you passing it? You're going to need that Bible because we're going to read it. And she said, well, I have the book of Acts memorized. I, I have that whole, so I don't really need it. I'll pass it on to someone else. Isn't that amazing, <laughs> you know, that they would have a whole book of the Bible memorized? And then he'd go, he went on to say they didn't have air conditioning in that room. They had to sit on wood floors. They didn't even have padded pews. Well, we don't have padded pews. But they didn't even have pews to sit on. And so at the end of the time, they were talking about prayer requests. And, and the pastor began to talk about, you know, what it's like over here in America and so over here in America, he said, guess what? We have big buildings where people go to church. And some people go to church because they like how the pastor preaches. And some people go to church because they like the music. Or some people because they like the kids program. And the people began to laugh hysterically. They were like, really? That's what church is like and where you guys go? They were amazed. And finally they said, well, we would, could you pray for us? They said to the pastor, could you pray for us? that we could have church like you guys? And the pastor stopped for a minute. He said, you know what? I'm not going to pray for that. I'm not going to pray that you have church like us. I would rather our churches be like you, <laughs> that you're so hungry for God that you would memorize a whole book of the Bible. You're so hungry for God that you would sit here on a, a wood floor for eight hours, you know? That's what I want our churches to be like. And that's what we want. I mean, we're not going to do that here, I don't think. But wouldn't it be awesome if all of us followed the spirit like that? Would we be so hungry for God that we would want to see him do awesome things? I don't know if I can promise to you that we're not going to suffer here someday, right? We've had these freedoms. They're amazing. But one day in America, we might have to suffer for our faith. And so today, know that if you do, you're suffering 
like Jesus suffered. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word today. Lord, it's amazing that we can be a part of your family. And God, I thank you, God, today that we can be praying for our brothers and sisters all over the world. And Lord, my prayer today is for people that don't know you, God. Lord, that someday, somehow, they would come to know you. Someday, somehow, they would find a place where they could worship you, God. And Lord Jesus, Lord, I also pray for those that are struggling today because it's hard to worship you. They don't have a church like us. They don't have a place where they can sing songs and hear sermons preached. Lord, they have to sometimes struggle just to get your word. And so, Lord, I pray for those people today. And, Lord, today I also just pray for our church, Lord. In the midst of all that's going on in our lives, Lord, I pray that we would put you first, that we would learn to follow your Holy Spirit, and that we would be changed each and every day to be more like you. In your name we pray. Amen.